Do you feel like you need God's encouragement and wisdom throughout the week to take hold of His promise to fly like an eagle? You've come to the right place. Welcome to Eagles on the Hill. Let's join our host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. All right, people, I am your host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Eagles on the Hill. We want to encourage you to be looking for us, searching for us on YouTube. Just search for Eagles on the Hill and hit the subscribe button in the lower right-hand corner. Or you can follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us as we together follow Jesus and draw strength from him to fly like an eagle. Uh, That phrase, fly like an eagle, comes from the Old Testament. And uh, we're going to be focusing a little bit on the Old Testament today. This is a particular day. September 26th is the day that we're uh, recording this, putting this out. It is the day after Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement in the Jewish calendar. And so Jews around the world celebrated Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur yesterday. So uh, for Christians, since our faith comes out of the Jewish faith, Jesus himself was Jewish, the disciples were all Jewish, it's important for us to know about some of these Jewish festivals that happen. And the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, is the highest holy day in Judaism and is reflected also in the life of Jesus. And what we're going to find out about this uh, high holy day is going to be an encouragement and a joy to us as Christians, as those who know Jesus, the fulfillment of the Day of Atonement. So I want to begin uh, just talking about the Day of Atonement by talking about when it was instituted, when it began. And that happens uh, for us in Leviticus chapter 16. The whole chapter is about the Day of Atonement. I'm just going to read the first few verses, starting with verse 2. Uh, But if you want to look up more and find out more, you can certainly look up Leviticus chapter 16 as it talks about the Day of Atonement. This is how it begins. The Lord said to Moses, Tell your brother Aaron that he is not to come whenever he chooses into the most holy place behind the curtain in front of the atonement cover on the ark, or else he will die. For I will appear in the cloud over the atonement cover. So, to understand what's going on here in this verse, the uh, the tabernacle, which is what they were working with at the time, later became the temple, was divided into different sections where different people could go. And so you have the place where the altar is in the court of the men, the court of the priests outside of the actual uh, sanctuary itself. And then you have the holy place where certain priests were able to go. And then you have the most holy place, the innermost holy place where only Aaron, the high priest, could go and only once a year, as it's talked about here uh, in Leviticus chapter 16. So, verse 3, this is how Aaron is to enter the most holy place. He must first bring a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He is to put put on the sacred linen tunic with linen undergarments next to his body. He is to tie the linen sash around him and put on the linen turban. These are the sacred garments, so he must bathe himself with water before he puts them on. From the Israelite community, he is to take two male goats for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. Aaron is to offer the bull for his own sin offering to make atonement for himself and his household. Then he is to take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. He is to cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other for the scapegoat. Aaron shall bring the goat whose lot falls to the Lord and sacrifice it for a sin offering. But the goat chosen by Lot as the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to be used for making atonement by sending it into the wilderness as a scapegoat. 
Then Leviticus chapter 16 goes on, continuing to specify various uh, rituals, various pieces that were to happen there at the tabernacle, later instituted at the temple, once uh, Solomon built the temple. And then uh, the temple, Solomon's temple was destroyed, another temple was built, and that's the temple that was around in the time of Jesus. In any case, these same regulations from Leviticus chapter 16 were practiced first at the tabernacle with Moses and Aaron, later at the temple of Solomon, and later at what's called the second temple period in Jewish history, lasting all the way up till 70 AD. So the Day of Atonement is a culmination of a, a series of holy days in the Jewish year, starting with Rosh Hashanah, the new year, and then proceeding all the way to the Day of Atonement uh, a little bit later. In our case, this year, the month of September is when it happens to fall. And so the Day of Atonement is celebrated today, beginning on the evening before the day and lasting until uh, sunset on the Day of Atonement itself. Uh, Jewish days, of course, you may know, start always in the evening and end at the uh, next as the sun sets on the next uh, evening. So that's how the Day of Atonement is celebrated. Now, in 70 AD, the temple was destroyed by the Romans, and so they were no longer able to celebrate the Day of Atonement as was specified in Leviticus chapter 16. And that um, inability to celebrate the Day of Atonement the way Leviticus 16 talks about continues all the way to today. And so I wanted to share with you a little video clip of a rabbi talking about how they celebrate the Day of Atonement today. It's a couple Yom Kippur, which actually means the Day of Atonement, is celebrated on the 10th day of Tishrei, the 10th day of the Jewish year, just after they had come face to face with God at Mount Sinai. They built a golden calf and worshipped a golden calf. Finally, after 120 days, God relented to the pleading of Moshe Rabbeinu that he should forgive the Jews, and on this day he said, I have forgiven them as you have requested, you meaning Moses. So this is a day when we once again ask for atonement for any new sins, any old sins that we may have. This is the day that we are told by our sages that the very day itself brings atonement for all Jews, as long as you do not violate the principles of the day itself. How do we observe Yom Kippur? There are five principal mitzvot associated with Yom Kippur. We do not eat or drink for the full 25-hour period of Yom Kippur from sunset on the eve of Yom Kippur until nightfall on the day of Yom Kippur. We also do not bathe or use perfumes or makeups. We do not wear shoes, leather shoes on Yom Kippur, only sneakers or slippers which are not of leather. Also, we do not have marital relations on this day. What? The Torah tells us that just as there is a mitzvah to fast on Yom Kippur, there is a mitzvah to eat on the day before Yom Kippur. So we have meals, we have uh, lavish meals on the day before Yom Kippur in celebration of this mitzvah. Much charity is given on the day before Yom Kippur. Of course, on Yom Kippur it's prohibited to give charity. But on the day before, on the eve of Yom Kippur, much charity is given. There is a custom that a father will give a formal blessing, the priestly blessing, to all of his children just before leaving to shul on the eve of Yom Kippur. What would you Yom Kippur seems to touch the soul of every single Jew. People who have not attended shul all year flock to shuls on this day. The shuls fill up. This is a day that you can come back 
this is a day that you can correct any failing that you feel you had in your relationship with God. This is a day that Jews take advantage of this closeness and rededicate ourselves to our closeness and our relationship with God. All right, so just to explain a couple things that you heard there, he, talk, he talked about shuls, which is synagogues, and he also talked about various commandments, five different ones he named, that uh, Jews are required to keep on the Day of Atonement. It's um, uh, kind of an example, and, and some other things about Moses there and the 120 days and all this kind of stuff that were that are not really in Scripture, but they're part of Jewish tradition, uh, Jewish exposition of Scripture. You saw all those books, if you were watching on YouTube, all the books that are behind this uh, rabbi as he's talking from whence he gets all of his learning. Um, you notice there that there's a lot of um, other commandments, basically, uh, that have developed over the years in terms of keeping the Day of Atonement, when in fact, the original purpose of the Day of Atonement was, what was it? A sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. Because there's no longer ability to sacrifice, because the temple is gone, now Jews have to carry out and fulfill a bunch of commandments, a bunch of requirements, in the hopes that God would forgive them if they keep, and you heard the rabbi say this, if they keep all these things properly on the Day of Atonement. So um, very much a different emphasis if you really listen to what he's saying for the Day of Atonement. It is uh, an emphasis on a new and fresh start, repentance, forgiveness, all of that, but also uh, an emphasis on works, on doing certain things, um, not wearing sneakers. You know, I, I'm guessing you figured out that wasn't in the Bible. Um, there's not, no sneakers in the Bible, but anyway, not wearing sneakers, or wearing sneakers, not wearing shoes of leather, all this kind of uh, these different man-made rules, which are um, supposedly please God, as if God was pleased whether we wore leather shoes or sneakers. Uh, one pleases him, one does not. That that doesn't make a lot of sense to us as Christians, for sure. What do we want to think about as Christians in terms of the Day of Atonement is how Jesus fulfilled the various pieces of the Day of Atonement. For instance, of course, Jesus was sacrificed for the sins of the people. Uh, once and for all. It wasn't like this has to happen year after year after year after year, as the book of Hebrews talks about in the New Testament. But Jesus was sacrificed once and for all for our forgiveness. And in fact, when Jesus was sacrificed on the cross, if you remember the scripture, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. In other words, there was an opening made for all of us to go into the presence of God in the Holy of Holies. Why? Because the perfect sacrifice had been given in Christ. And now we have the opportunity, because of the blood of Jesus sacrificed for us, to approach the throne of grace with confidence. Not just the high priest on a certain day, but every one of us every day because of what Jesus has done for us. Also, there's this um, picture of the scapegoat. And we didn't read this far in Leviticus, but the priest laying his hand on the head of the scapegoat and sending it off into the wilderness. And so our sins are laid on Jesus, and he is sent off into the wilderness to carry our sins as far away from us as the East is from the West. Our role today is to trust in that sacrifice of Jesus on our behalf, rather than doing certain things like not wearing leather shoes. Um, not wearing perfume, not getting a bath, not uh, eating or drinking. We don't have to do any of that stuff to earn our way into God's good grace and forgiveness. We trust in the sacrifice of Jesus.
So the Day of Atonement is a, a wonderful day for us to be thinking about how Jesus atoned for our sins once and for all. And yet, there is this piece of the Day of Atonement, as the Jews celebrate it today, that I think is valuable for us, not just one day a year, but every day. And that every day is a day for us to wake up, remember our baptisms, remember Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for us, call that to mind, remember that we are children of God, and each day be able to be brought to repentance to a new and fresh start each and every day with our Lord. God's faithfulness, His promises are new every morning, not just once a year. And so I would encourage you as you wake up tomorrow morning to know that you are a forgiven child of God, uh, repent of those things in the past, and have a new and fresh start tomorrow. Well, that's what we got for you today. We want to encourage you to be emailing us at eaglesonthehill211 at gmail.com. That's all one word, no spaces, dots, dashes, underscores, eaglesonthehill211 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, uh, whether it's how this message might bless you or how uh, another topic that you might have on your minds uh, might be used by us to bless not only you, but many. So send in ideas for topics for us at Eagles on the Hill. Remember, as we close that promise of God from Isaiah 40, that those who hope in the Lord renew their strength and they will fly on wings like eagles. May God's blessings rest upon you today as you heard this message of grace and forgiveness from Jesus.